So we're in our series, our second week of our series called Weapons of Mass Destruction. Kicked it off last week. As I said, Lars supposed to be co-teaching with me. Uh, this is a series on relationships. It's, you know, sometimes we are, we have these weapons of mass destruction and these bombs that get dropped on us, but many times, if we're honest, we're the ones dropping the bomb. Come on, anybody? Anybody? Not a lot of honesty in second service. First service, I guess, I guess first service is all the bomb droppers. You guys have just had them late. I, I understand this is a holy crowd. This is a righteous crowd. I'm so, so happy for you. Okay. But we've all had that. We've drop bombs on people. We've had bombs dropped on us, whether that is tension with coworkers or family members or friends. But how do we, how do we deal with these different things? Last week, we talked about the bomb-making factory, and that there's this bomb-making factory, and you call the sin nature, and the only way to be free from that is to fill yourself up so full of the Holy Spirit that there ain't no room to act on those things. Get full of God. If you missed it, go back and listen to that podcast next week. Next week, we're going to talk about anger. So I know nobody will be here for that one because nobody's dealing with that one. But we're going to be talking about anger. And this week, we're going to be talking about bitterness. And we have a, a theme scripture, Ephesians 4, that we are working from. Every week, we're going to read this because this is where we're getting every week of our series. So we'll put it on the screen. And I want us to uh, say this together, okay? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So I want to encourage you during this series, if you're not in a core group, we've been getting some incredible feedback. Our groups are thriving during this series, really helping one another. If you're not in a group yet, we're asking everybody, get in a group just three more weeks for this series. If you're not in a group, come find me after service. We'll get you in a group. We'll identify one for you. We can get you in one as quick as tonight if you want to do that or this week. We will help you to find a group. We've got a daily devotional at corechurch.com that you can look at that will help you every day. And then on the chairs are uh, invite cards. Take those cards, would you? Grab those cards. Take them to your coworkers, your friends on your campus. Hand them out and say, man, you could use this. Let's <laughs> talk about anger next week. Here you go, boss. I wouldn't do that. I would not do that. But today we're going to talk about the bitterness balm, the bitterness balm. And we're going to talk about the healing balm, B-A-L-M, of forgiveness. Now, as we talk about forgiveness today, I want us to kind of get a level playing field here before we start. This is, a, this is going to be difficult today because for some of you, you're going to be tracking with me because you've been wounded by a coworker or a friend or a family member. And it's, the wound is not that deep. And you're going to get, and you're going to be tracking, you're going to be with me. But some of you are unfortunately in a really, really bad spot. You've been wounded so deeply that, that today's going to be honestly difficult. It's going to be hard to process it. And uh, I would love to tell you I have no idea how that feels, but I, I know firsthand. Um, I, I've been wounded about as deep as a person could possibly be wounded. Um, I don't say that in any sense of bragging. I wish I didn't have my wound. Anybody? Wish you didn't have your wound? Somebody wounded you? But what I want to help you with today is I want to help you to walk into freedom. Because uh, bitterness is an ugly, ugly thing. 
And God has really helped me from the deepest of wounds to walk and choose forgiveness and walk into freedom and walk into peace. And that's what I want for you today. And I, I pray that what we talk about today is going gonna, gonna to be a help to you. So let, let's pray and let's ask God to help us. Father, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for a way out of bitterness. Thank you for healing. God, we are here today because we admit that we can't do these things alone. We, we got to have your help. And so I, I pray today that through your spirit, you're, you're going to cast off all confusion. There'd be no confusion in this place, but that your Holy Spirit would only bring clarity, would bring healing, that peace would flow through this place today. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. All right, you can sit down. Well, when it comes to um, bitterness, I think one of the things universally that, that we would all say makes us very bitter, in fact, I, I honestly think that it's probably uh, easily in the top three things that would make you bitter in life, and, and that's stepping in dog poop. <laughs> Anybody? Man, that will uh, ruin a great pair of sneakers and a perfectly good day, will it not? Oh, the resentment just rises up in you, along with the stench from it. I, I remember when we were moving uh, into our house we live in right now, and we were just going to look at it. We had not bought it. We were just looking at it. Our kids were toddlers at the time, and uh, we went to look at the house, and we went inside, and I remember my little little kids, they were the little ones, they were so excited, and they ran up the stairs. They're like, this is my room. This is my room. And they were so excited. And when I looked over, I saw what I thought were mud tracks on all of the stairs. And upon further investigation, I discovered, I don't think that's mud, to which Laura said, you smell it. <laughs> You know, one of you has got to do the sniff test, and it wasn't, and so I'm yelling up the stairs, stop, stop, no, stop, and, and, and I ran up the stairs, and, and they had tracked it up the stairs and into the bedrooms, at which point I turned to the real estate agent, and I said, we'll take it. <laughs> Bitterness is just like that. Uh, a lot of times, you don't even know it's there, and it's stinking up your life. And you're tracking it everywhere that you go. And it's not only affecting your life, but it's affecting those around you. It's, it's a lot like stepping in dog poop. And imagine if you stepped in dog poop, but you didn't change your shoe. You didn't wipe it off. You didn't clean it up. You just went on about your life. Can you imagine getting to work and somebody's like, hey, uh, hey, Bill? Yeah. Uh, is that dog poop on your shoe? Oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's dog poop. Yeah, you want to see it? You want to see it? Look, look at it. What are you doing with dog poop on your shoe? Why don't you change your shoe? Oh, well, first of all, let me tell you about this dog poop, okay? Let, let me tell you, let me tell you what happened, okay? Let me tell you how bad it was. And they tell you all about, you know, that and that how it is with bitterness. Like, we carry it with us, and I'm just going to tell you, it's horrible. And somebody's like, hey, um, how long you been... How long have you been wearing that? Oh, this? I don't know, a couple years now. <laughs> couple years? 
Are you, why, why are you not changing your shoe? Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm not changing my shoe, because this ain't my dog poop. This ain't my dog poop. In fact, I, I know the owner of the dog whose poop this is. And until he or she admits that it was their dog and it's their dog poop that got on my shoe, I ain't changing my shoe. They need to come and they need to do something about it. And until then, it's just going to stay how it is. How ridiculous is that? But isn't that exactly what we do when we get hurt or we get wounded? We carry it around with us. We're showing it to everybody. Smell it. See how bad it is? We carry it for years. And I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to get rid of it until they say they're sorry. Until they come to me and they admit that they did me wrong, I'm going to continue to carry it. And meanwhile, it's messing up our lives. It's tracking into every relationship and every environment and every area of our life. Bitterness is an ugly, ugly thing. In fact, the, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 12, verse 15, you don't have to look it up. We'll put it on the screen for you. Hebrews 12, 15, he says this. Watch out that no what? Say this with me. What? Poisonous root of bitterness. Bitterness is a poisonous root, and it grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. See, bitterness, it, it, it starts beneath the surface, and it, it goes down this root, and it starts moving below the surface in your life completely undetected. It's a lot like crabgrass. I hate crabgrass. I hate it. I mean, your, your yard looks perfectly beautiful. You come out the next day, boom, crabgrass starts sprouting up. If you ever notice, once it starts sprouting up, another spot will sprout up, another spot, another spot, another spot, until your whole yard is nothing but crabgrass. That is exactly how bitterness works in our lives. It literally can show up overnight, and a small seed that has been planted can take root, and it can move through every area of our lives until bitterness completely consumes us. They say that crabgrass will grow in the bare spots in your yard. Now, I know when I say that, some of you, your big takeaway today is going to be, I got to go home and check my yard for the bare spots. <laughs> I get that. Go do that. But when you do that, what I want you to think about is this. That's exactly how bitterness works in our lives. It looks for the bare spots in your soul. It looks for the barren spots, the wilderness spots, the broken spots, the hurt, the wound, and that's where it takes root, and that's where it takes over. They also say that crabgrass grows in, in salty soil. The saltier the soil, the thicker, more vibrant the crabgrass will grow. And man, if that is not how bitterness is. Bitterness loves salty soil. It loves negativity. You ever been there? Maybe you know somebody, and the more you think about it, you ever thought, I'm just going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think my way out of this bitterness. How's that working for you? It doesn't work, does it? You can't think your way out of bitterness because the more you think about it, the more negative you get, and the more negative you get, the more it begins to grow in your soul. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us right here. He says, watch out. It's a poisonous root, and it will grow and cause trouble in your life. Come on. Tell somebody right next to you. Tell them, watch out. Watch 
out. Don't get bitter. Turn back to the person you didn't talk to and say, don't get bitter, I didn't talk to you first. Don't get bitter. You weren't my first choice, but don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. Watch out. It's a poisonous root. It will grow, and it will cause trouble in your life. If you're taking notes, and I know you are because you're righteous and holy people, write this down. Bitterness produces bitter fruit. Bitterness produces bitter fruit fruit. Sometimes you think, I'm going to think my way out of this. I'm going to think my way out of bitterness. And if I think more about what happened to me, it's going to get better, but it doesn't. It gets bitter. bitter -er -er. I don't even know if that's a word, but it just gets bitter. It gets worse. It produces, bitterness produces bitter fruit. It suddenly, envy rises up in you. Suddenly, anger. You ever notice that? The more you think about it, the angrier you get resentful. You never notice the more you think about it, the more resentful you get. Bitterness can do really tragic things too. It can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety in our lives. Man, I think one of the worst things that bitterness does is it, is, it can cause us to strike out in revenge. It's one of the worst things we can do when we get bitter is strike out in revenge. And the writer of Hebrews says, watch out because bitterness is this root. It's this small seed, a really small seed that if you plant it, it will grow up to become something very toxic in your life. And you won't even know it. I was talking to a friend of mine. We went to lunch this week and he was telling me about his dad and his uncle. They, they're brothers. And he said they, they got angry and mad at each other and got bitter towards each other. And, and they didn't speak for six years. For six years, they didn't talk. Now, here's the crazy thing. Both of them, very godly men. I mean, good men, good husbands, good fathers, good employee, good people. But somehow they got crossways with each other, didn't talk for six years. And it took their own father, my friend's grandfather, on his deathbed for them to reconcile. They came together in the emergency room. They reached out a hand and then they hugged one another without saying a word and reconciled together. My friend said later he was sitting down with his dad and, and his uncle and said, what was it? I mean, we weren't even able to go to Thanksgiving with you. It got so bad. Like if there was a birthday party. We couldn't go to the birthday party if you were there. And What was it? Would you believe that neither one of them could remember what it was? That's bitterness. It's this tiny seed that gets planted, and you can get years down the road, and you don't even know why you're bitter. You're just angry at that person. Just the mention of their name, just the smell of something can remind you, and a smell can be a bitter smell. Bitterness produces bitter fruit. Last week talked about walking in freedom. It was just this, I, I've been living with this all week. I want to walk in freedom. Paul says you can walk in freedom as a follower of Jesus. You don't have to be held in the bondage of bitterness. You don't have to be held captive by it. But for so many of us, when we begin to get bitter and we plant that bitter seed, it begins to grow. And as it grows, we slowly move into this prison 
and we close the door behind us and we lock it and we're holding the key. And the key to our freedom is love. Love is the key to our freedom. But so often we're choosing bitterness. If you're taking notes, write, write this down. This is so important. When I choose bitterness, I'm choosing bondage. When I choose bitterness, I'm choosing bondage. The enemy wants to make you think, when I'm choosing bitterness, I'm getting myself free. But the opposite of that is happening. You're walking yourself into a prison cell, locking the door, and you're the one who holds the key. Bitterness. Bitterness is a way in which we choose bondage. So in Ephesians chapter 4, our, our themed verses for this, in verse 31 and 32, Paul says, get rid of bitterness. And he says, instead, forgive one another. We have a choice. I can, I can plant a seed of bitterness or I can plant a seed of forgiveness. That's the decision in that moment. It's a decision you're making even right now, right now across this room with what you're thinking about and the wound that's happened to you. In this moment, you have a decision. Am I going to plant another seed of bitterness and lock myself in that prison or am I going to plant a seed of forgiveness and begin to walk myself to freedom? Choice is mine. Most of us know who Nelson Mandela is. And he struggled with this tension of bitterness and forgiveness in his own life. He was in prison for 27 years for standing up against apartheid. And in his autobiography, he talks about how while he was in prison for 27 years that he was abused. Uh, he was tortured at times. It was very, very ugly for him. When he was set free 27 years later, his supporters said, now we need to rise up and we need to avenge what has happened to you. And Nelson Mandela stood up and he said, no, we will not be resentful and bitter. We will choose forgiveness. And his supporters got angry with him. They were like, no. Not after what they did to you, not after what they're doing to our people. We will seek revenge. And Nelson Mandela said, no, we will be a people who forgive. Nelson Mandela is uh, famous for saying these words right here. Resentment is like drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die. Look at it this way, bitterness. Bitterness is like me drinking poison, and I'm waiting for the the other person to, to die. When you look at the writer of Hebrews, he talks about this poisonous root that grows up. It, and what happens is when, when, you, when you plant bitterness, you're planting a bitter root that grows up in your own soul and chokes the life out of you. See, so often with bitterness, we think, I'm gonna choke the life out of them. But what happens is I get bitter, it grows up, and it suffocates and corrupts and puts toxins and poisons into my own soul. But when you plant a seed of forgiveness, just a tiny seed of forgiveness, there's a chance for hope to grow. There's a chance for healing to grow in your soul. There's, there's a chance for, for peace to grow in your soul. 
So last week we talked about the key is love, right? Love is the key to, to my freedom, and, and love is forgiveness, and forgiving is love. So, so the healing balm, B-A-L-M, the healing balm for bitterness is forgiveness. When, when I choose to forgive, it can be a healing balm, B-A-L-M, upon my soul. But to understand forgiveness, I think, first of all, we got to understand what forgiveness is not. There, I think there's so much confusion about what forgiveness is that we all get upside down and we can't forgive because we misunderstand what forgiving is. And, and I only have a few minutes, so I, I can't give you a dissertation on it, but I can give you a taste of it. And I can even walk you through a little bit of how I've walked through this in my own life and how God has helped me to process this in my own life. So here's the first thing I, I want you to write down. This is so important. Here's what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. Men, this is an easy one for us because we can't remember anything. Right, ladies? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. You know, like your lady will come to you and go, uh, we need to talk. And you're like, talk about what? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you know. And the guy's like, we don't know. We, ladies, we really, we don't know. Like, I, I don't know. And then you start, you turn it into like a game show. And it's like sick. You like start throwing out little clues. Like we got to guess somehow. You're like, oh, Christmas. And you're like, uh, Christmas, Christmas, what happened? Christmas, Christmas, what happened? Christmas, Christmas. Oh. Red, red. Like Christmas, red, red. I did something to Santa. What did I do to Santa? I did something to Santa. What did I do? What did I do? And then she's like, 2003? You're like, wait, 2003? We weren't even together in 2003. Forgiveness isn't about forgetting. This is one of the misnomers we have about God, and one of the misteachings that we hear about God is that when I ask God to forgive my sin, he forgets my sin. Like, like God has selective amnesia. Like somehow, the God, the God of the universe is like, man, for the life of me, I can't remember what they did. Oh, what happened? I just can't remember. No, God remembers. He's God. But God chooses to not remember. I like what Isaiah says. Isaiah, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43, 25, and God says this, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake, and come on, say this with me, what? I will never think of them again. Man, that is such good news. It, it's, it's not, so it's not about forgetting, it's about pressing forward and moving and leaving bitterness behind. It's about I'm going to press forward and I'm going to choose to not remember that and I'm going to move forward in my life and I'm going to leave that behind. But here's the thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process, okay? So many times we think, well, I'm just going to forgive and they're going to say they're sorry and then we're all going to have cake and ice cream with balloons. It's going to be awesome. No. Maybe. But many times, maybe not, depends on how deep the wound is, right? 
Sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's not so quick. I remember when I was five years old and I, I broke my left wrist three times in a row. I was in a cast for almost a year, okay? It's five or six years old. I remember the first time I broke it and I, um, I was five and I was at a neighbor's house and this high school kid let me, I sat on his feet, okay, so he was laying on his back and you ever done that where they launch you across the yard? And, and I remember sitting on his feet, and he launched me up in the air. And I remember just sailing like 80 feet through the air. That's why I remember it. And I remember being like, whee! It was the most exhilarating four seconds of my life until I came down and snapped and shattered my wrist. Well, they put it in a cast, put it up to here, and I had that cast in a sling. And imagine as a five- or six-year-old how restrictive that was. And, and then I finally got it to the half cast. Anybody ever broken your arm, arm breakers in the house? Come on. High-five an arm breaker right now. Not too hard. Not too hard. <laughs> but I remember getting it in the half cast. I remember going, cool, I'm good. Went to school, went on the monkey bars. Started swinging on the monkey bars. Fell off the monkey bars. Broke the same wrist again. Wasn't even out of the cast. Recasted it up to my shoulder. I do all the work. Remember the, I remember them cutting it off. Remember the saw and cutting it off. Remember holding it under the water and it just feeling so weak and frail and, and just, oh, just remember that moment. And I remember my grandma came over. And I remember running out of the house and tripping off the front porch. <laughs> grandma, I got my wrist out of a cast. Boom, back into a cast. Again. Yeah, just laugh at my expense. That's great. That's fine. <laughs> Remember how frustrating it was. I had two steps forward, step back. Two, three steps forward, step back. I remember how painful it was, and I remember the process and just how frustrating and difficult, and just, ah, when am I ever going to be, this arm going to be healed? That's forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process. It's about planting a seed and, and allowing it to cultivate and, and, and allowing it to grow and allowing it to flourish until there is a harvest of forgiveness. It's, 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 about, it's about moving and being frustrated and, and taking steps back. And listen, I, I have dealt with this firsthand in my life several times. I, I've, I've, I don't know if you've ever had anybody talk smack about you, talk, I mean talk evil about you, talk wickedness about you. I've had people do that before, trash my name, throw it out on Facebook, have private meetings and tell horrible things about me and all this wicked and ugly stuff. And in those moments, I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe they're saying that. And just the frustration of that and working through that and choosing, I am not going to plant a seed of bitterness. I'm going to plant a seed of forgiveness I remember the deepest wound I've ever experienced in my life. I don't want to share about it. You don't need to know about it. It's just, it's just, it's just brutal. Many of you know my story, and many of you don't, and that's okay. It's not the point. The point is, is it was extremely difficult. And I remember just, I remember one point I was driving my car. I remember hitting the steering wheel so hard, I almost broke my arm again. <laughs> Didn't learn when I was five. I guess now I'm like... I mean, it's just, I was so angry and I was so frustrated, and I, I just remember trying to work through that, and, and I remember, no, I'm not going to plant a seed of bitterness. I'm going to choose to plant a seed of forgiveness, and I just remember the feelings that I had, the feelings of anger. This is the second thing I want you to write down, because this is so critical. This is what forgiveness, listen, forgiveness is not about feelings. Forgiveness is not about feelings. 
For some of you, you're like, I'm still angry. I'm still frustrated after what they did to me. You don't understand. And if I feel this way, I guess I'm not forgiving. That's not true. You know, we talk a lot about the love of God. We talk very, very little about the anger of God. We don't like that part of God, do we? I like happy, joyful God, not angry God. But God gets angry about injustice. He gets angry about sin. That should make us happy, that God sees injustice in this world and it makes him angry. When he sees sin in this world, it makes him angry. Why? Because sin and injustice hurts your soul, hurts your life, and it's why our world is a wreck. But I love our God because he holds back his anger. That's what the, um, Isaiah says to us, Isaiah 48, 9. This is God's words through the prophet Isaiah. God was angry with Israel, angry with them because they had been in rebellion against him. The things they'd been doing were despicable and blasphemous and against God and against one another. And God said this, yet for my own sake and for the honor of my name, I will hold back my anger and not wipe you out. Listen, God does not excuse injustice, but are you not glad he holds back his anger? Come on, five of you are? I'm glad God holds back his anger. God is angry, yet God loves. God loves so much. He's so full of mercy. He's so full of compassion. He's so full of peace that he says, I'm going to hold back my anger. He sent his son Jesus to take our place, to be the, the, the place that we were supposed to be because of what I did. He died. I didn't die. He took my place, and God said, I'm going to have him stand in the gap for you. Anybody grateful that God did that for you? held back his anger, and instead chose to love. It's what forgiveness does, man. Forgiveness pushes through those feelings. This is how I'm feeling. This is the frustration. This is the struggle. And I'm going to push through those feelings, and I'm going to choose to plant a seed of forgiveness, even if it's just a small seed. So what is forgiveness? That's a tough one. I'm going to be honest and tell you I don't have a nail down. I wish I had it completely figured out, but I don't know that any of us will really fully understand forgiveness because we can't really fully understand God. God is so perfect and holy in his forgiveness, far exceeds anything we could possibly do on a human level. So here's my best stab at it, okay? So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is the best I can, definition I can come up with for forgiveness Forgiveness is extending peace so I can live in peace. Forgiveness is extending peace so I can live in peace. See, that's what God did. God extended peace to us so we could live in peace. And, and that's why we extend our, our peace to those around us. It's, it's this idea that... Um, Forgiveness, forgiveness isn't just for the other person. It's for me. I extend forgiveness so that I can receive that healing balm, B-A-L-M, of forgiveness over that bitterness and root it out of my life. I love that we live in a city that symbolizes peace and forgiveness. Our, our, our city's logo is, is one of peace, broken 
arrow. Broken arrow, the idea for Native Americans of saying, I am not going to be at war with you. Instead, I break this and I choose to live at peace with you. That, that's what forgiveness is. It's extending the broken arrow. I, I, could, I could do my justice upon you. I could be vengeful. I, I, I could hold and harbor hate towards you, but instead I'm, I'm going to choose to extend peace to you. So we have a choice. Because many times people have shot arrows at you and they've wounded you. Maybe you've taken an arrow to the leg, you know, and now you're walking with a limp because of what somebody did back there. And maybe you're walking with a limp for the rest of your life. That's my story. I, I walk with a limp now. That will never go away. I'll always have the limp. Some of you have had an arrow and it's been shot and stuck in your back. Man, some of you thought had your back, stabbed you in the back. Some of you have taken an arrow to the head. (laughs) Words have been spoken over you, said to you, hateful words, things posted about you that are untrue, and it puts you in a dark place. Some of you, I think, have taken the ultimate arrow, and that's an arrow to the heart. (laughs) Somebody you love deeply and cared about hurt you. They betrayed you and walked away from you. And now you have this arrow. The question is, what are you going to do with that arrow? Because once you remove that arrow, first of all, if you don't, first of all, if you don't remove the arrow, it's going to be poisonous to your system. It's going to create an infection that's going to spread. That's called bitterness. And it's going to spread and corrupt like toxic waste in your life until it destroys everything in you. But once you remove that arrow, you have a decision to make. You can take that arrow, you can load it up, and you can fire it back at them. Or you can take the arrow and you can break it and snap it and say, as for me, I choose peace. I choose to live at peace with you. I, I, I choose not to take my vengeance. I choose choose to to offer and extend peace to you. Now, I know when I say that, for some of you, that's easy. You know somebody you need to call, somebody you need to talk to, somebody you need to ask their forgiveness, or it's just, you just, it's not going to be a real difficult thing. You're just crossways with somebody, but for some of you, it's extremely deep, and and you're thinking, man, I, (laughs) after, you don't understand what I mean, what they, what they did, I, I can't, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. Can I tell you that if you can't start here with this person, start here with God. Hand, hand it to him. That's what I did with my hurt. I said, God, I don't know what to do with this. And I handed it over to him, and I said, I, I just choose peace. It just, it's everything against me. Everything in me says, do not choose peace, but I choose peace. And I handed it to him, and I said, you know, God, I trust your justice. You're a merciful God. You're a good God. And it's, it's not about saying, hey, they're off the hook. Hey, hey, it doesn't mean that justice is not done. In certain circumstances, guess what? There needs to be justice done for a wrong that has happened. And sometimes you can't necessarily be back in relationship with the person. Sometimes there need to be safe boundaries that are set up for you. But it doesn't mean you can't choose to be at peace 
with that person. But it's about saying, I choose peace. So, so what are we going to do? Are we, are we going to say, this is just another day, I'm going I'm to plant that, that seed of bitterness, or am I going to go with everything that's against my nature, and I'm going to plant a seed of forgiveness? Because when I plant that seed of forgiveness, man, that healing balm has a chance to wash over me. When I, when, I, when I look to God and I hand it to God, this is the beautiful thing about our God, and I know this to be true, and I've seen it true in my own life, and I give you this as a declaration of faith, that if you will hand it over to God, he will pour out his healing balm upon your soul. He will heal the bitterness and the brokenness and the hurt within you. And he will help you to walk out of that prison that you find yourself in. And he will lead you to a place where you can truly say, I am free and I am at peace. 